Hi, and welcome to White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. My name is Josh the Hammer Bashinsky, and today I'm very blessed to have with us two special guests. We have Ted Kabaitis, who is a regular guest appearing on the show. I guess he calls himself a gray hat. Today he's wearing a black hat, so I don't know if he's black hat today. I think he's just sick today. How are you doing, Ted? Doing good. How are you? Not too bad. So you're over this flu that you, you got over in Vegas, an SEO conference in Vegas? <laughs> I'm getting there, getting there. Not 100% yet. It was the 24-hour Vegas flu or was it a real flu? <laughs> oh, no, it was the real deal. It was the real deal. Fantastic. We're joined, of course, as the always in time, like the A-team. He shows up just in time in his van. I call him, he's, he's my personal Mr. T. I call him Clint Butler. Clint, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> We're doing great. And also, we have a very special guest with us today uh, by the name of Matt LeClaire. Uh, did I pronounce your last name correct, Matt? Perfect. Perfect. It's a Francais name, Matt LeClaire. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about Matt today, about the late, great Link Moses, otherwise known as Eric Ward, who unfortunately, uh, who is a paragon of the SEO industry, unfortunately passed away recently. And Matt has been working with Eric for a long while and has taken over a lot of his clients and taken over his very popular mailing list that I've actually been on, Link, the Link Moses private mailing list. I've been on this list for like 10 years, like since the beginning of doing SEO consulting. So Matt, we're very happy to have you. Thank you very much for joining us. And we're going to get to talk to you a little bit later in the show about Eric's legacy and links and do links still work and what are you doing for links? And uh, some of the stuff we were talking about before the show was very interesting. So we'll get to all that. But thanks again for joining. Awesome. Glad so to be before here. we get to that, I'd like to start off with some of the new segments. I'd like to do what's new in White Hat SEO. Those of you who have not been uh, watching the show for a while, I'll go over a couple of things that have been new. Uh, well, of course, one, one thing that's new is that Danny Sullivan is now working at Google, and uh, Matt Cutts is not working at Google. And quite recently, I don't know if you noticed in the Twitter sphere or, or on uh, Barry Schwartz's blog, but a weird kind of Freaky Friday event happened. Matt Cutts reported uh, a Google bug to Danny Sullivan to fix, and not the other way around. It wasn't Danny Sullivan reported to Matt Cutts for a bug to fix. And for anyone who's been doing SEO for a long time in the industry, such as all these guys here on the panel, I don't know if it freaked you out, but it kind of freaked me out. It's kind of weird. <laughs> what did you guys think about that? Yeah, that was Twilight Zone stuff. I was like, Danny is speaking for Google. <laughs> he did a good job, too. That was like one of his first public service announcements for Google, wasn't it? He handled it great, Danny. He did wonderful. I think he did a pretty good job. I, I think he's still learning the ropes. He hasn't figured out how to deny the problem and to interact. <laughs> but he'll get there. He's learning. <laughs> he'll get there. Yeah. He's got to learn to deny the problem, shuffle the blame, move it to somewhere else. What about ism? Uh, Google has to learn what about ism. When we say, we say, hey, Google, why are you giving small businesses penalties and crushing small businesses? And they say, what about Hillary Clinton? Where are her emails? You know, they've got to learn this trick. <laughs> because they must have had spammy comment uh, content. So. That's right. Because Hillary Clinton had spammy content in her hidden emails. Exactly. That's the reason why. Okay, I, I'm I, I could laugh for ten minutes about that joke. Right. Sorry, I, I find that very how, funny. How uh, many link um, requests did Hillary? How many link requests did Hillary delete with those emails? <laughs> exactly. Hillary Clinton was so <laughs> emails. No, okay, let's get off Hillary. But uh, there had to be at least five dozen of those link outreaches to her because uh, the link spammers are just relentless. You got it. Okay, what else is new in White Hat SEO is that I've been doing some experiments. 
And I want to show you some of the results that I've been coming up with here. Now, for those of you who've been following for a while, you know that I've been doing, uh, that Clint and I actually have been trying uh, to do a negative SEO, a successful example of neg link-based negative SEO. Your classic fire 150,000 spammy crap links at a page and watch it tank. That's what we tried anyway, but lo and behold, we can't make that happen in a test environment. And I want to show you what's been happening recently with that. So I'll share my screen. So here are some of my test server test pages, some of the tests that I'm running here. Um, uh, for those of you who've been watching for a while, you've already seen this. We've been testing, we've been testing uh, JavaScript uh, redirect links. We've been testing again JavaScript redirect links. We've been doing link sharing tests. Uh, here's the negative SEO test. And I just want to show you. So uh, for those of you who have not been paying attention, this is what we did. So way back in May 31st, we uh, let me actually get the, 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 the graph up here so you can see. So I'll go way back here to March, apply, update. OK, so this is what we've been doing. So this page was ranking number three for a long while. Right around this date here, Clint, that nasty Clint black hat fired about 150,000 spammy GSA links at this test page, uh, which is trying to rank for this fictitious keyword. He pegged it at number one. It fluctuated for about a week or so. It was for two days. It fluctuated on and off the SERPs, and it fluctuated for these couple of weeks. But after that, it has been solid number one since June the 12th. You can see here a solid blue line of ranking number one, no fluctuation whatsoever. It's number one in Google, it's number one in Bing, it's number one in Yahoo. And he pointed some really nasty links at this thing. And so recently, or on October 21st, I disavowed about 8,000 domains to see if I could change things. Here's the other problem, though, is that there's these other, um, you see these other pages here, or these sister pages? They used to rank in Google, too, but once he made those links, he destroyed these pages. They don't show up there anymore. So. The question is, does negative SEO work? It's kind of a hard question to answer because the answer is, well, yes, it works in that, um, in that we were able to rank one page at number one, but all the four sister pages that were also ranking on page one, they disappeared. When I disavowed on August 21st, those pages came back intermittently, like Thursday they'd be back, Saturday they're back, Monday they're back, so they're doing the A-B dancing test. And that, that went on for about a month. And I kept disavowing. I also recently have tried using uh, Chris Kemper's link research tools, his link detox tool. They gave me a free version to test it. I said, you know, if, if I get good results, I'm going to tell everybody how great your tool is. I used their tool, which is very complex and hard to use, but they're German, and so they're very like, this is the German answer. You know, this is, this is like the, the hardest thing to do, but it works really well. It's very, very thorough and, and exact. Let me put it that way. <laughs> and I thought, he fired German spammy links at the site, so maybe a German link research tool could, could counter it somehow. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even that didn't touch it. So as you saw there, the page has been ranking number one. It hasn't stopped from crappy, like, herbal Viagra, porn, spammy, gross links. <laughs> and, um, but, but still, the, the sister pages came back uh, and, and were A-B testing for about a month. But for the last over a month or two, they've been gone as well. Yeah. So does negative SEO work? Yes, it does, because if you have a competitor who's ranking five pages on a SERP, if you, if you point links at this one, it'll peg it at number one, but these pages will disappear. So he'll lose all that traffic from all that clicks, but he will have a number one ranking. 
So, and the disavow did nothing. I've, I've tested the disavow file numerous times now, as you well know, on other pages, test pages, and real pages, and I've never come up with a positive result. Uh, the rankings never got better. Uh, so, uh, Matt, you work a lot with links, and you've worked a lot with Eric Ward, who, of course, was Link Moses. He was the guy. Um, these are the results of my test. I haven't released them yet, but I'm going to. Uh, I'd love to hear your, your candid opinion on what you think about that. Um, well, I would like to see it. I'd, I'd have to know what's going on with the anchor text, what percentage of anchor text you used and all that. But it's I'm not going to uh, debate that black hat works or doesn't work. I know it worked. I ran a black hat agency for, for several years. Uh, the test is very interesting. It doesn't surprise me, though, the result. I'm a little surprised that you said you never had a positive result from doing a disavow, though, because we have, we have, we, we've had good responses from that. Yeah, I mean, I can never get it to work in a controlled test environment. In the field, we'll disavow and we'll do five other things and things will get better, but you can never know if it was the disavow or the five other things you did. Right. Yeah. That's but, I wonder about your test if maybe you don't have several phenomenon happening at the same time. Like, for example, the results that disappeared, did you try using the ampersand uh, filter equals zero to disable the duplicate content filter? Because if their pages are too similar, they might just be filtered as duplicates, and then you'd only have one appearing in the search after that point. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yes, I did. So these are all tests, test pages. The way I do it is slightly different the way Kyle does it. Kyle is from uh, SEO Intelligence Agency. They're another group who does SEO testing as well that all of us here, Clint, Ted, and I are all a member of, and we, we do testing with them, and we do our own independent testing. The way Kyle makes his pages is, is they're duplicated. My test pages are all spun enough that they're not, they're not filtered posts on sort. They're filtered by caffeine to start. I'll make five pages. Usually three will make it through, through caffeine. Matt, I'm sure you know what we're talking about, the caffeine indexer that starts. And then on, on, on search retrieval, none of my pages are, are filtered. So, uh, so I don't think that's an issue. There's no traffic to these pages. There's no other links being built. There's no social. The content doesn't change. The timing doesn't change. It's the same time on every page, on every server. Every other conceivable factor I can think of are the same, unless Google is tweaking their LSI algorithms, which they very well could be, because LSI is the only other thing ranking these pages other than for fake, fictitious keywords. And Matt, I'd be happy to sh show it to you, as long as you promise not to click on any of the results, because then traffic, we are now tr tracing traffic as a ranking factor, and it does modify the results, which you also might find interesting. But I mean, SEMrush already publicly mentioned this as well quite recently. In fact, I wanted to mention that, SEMrush did mention uh, very recently in a report, which I have right here, which I will show to you, that they have a correlation for um, tens of thousands of, of Google Analytics that are in their, 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 uh, their system. And they did publish a report. And in here, I'm not going to go over the whole thing because it's quite lengthy and long. But quite interestingly, they went on the record and said that traffic is, was correlating at number one ranking far, far, far more than any other factor. They which also found said very interesting. the word in title tag doesn't matter, so. Sorry, Clint? <laughs> they also said the keyword in title tag doesn't matter, so. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you've got to take the good with the bad. Or, but, you know, I, I would say that sounds ridiculous. I would need to look at the evidence for that. 
the the interesting part of that study, I looked through it and thought that a, a lot of it was unremarkable, uh, but there was one interesting slide in there that I thought was interesting, and that was that their graph showed no correlation for time on site, uh, but strong correlation for time on page. Exactly, exactly, and that's what we're tracking. It's it's a, it's a page-based ranking factor. It's a page-based quality score. Uh, I, I, I attribute it to, just so Matt understands what I'm babbling about, uh, I attribute the, uh, the, the traffic to constructing a quality score metric uh, that, that they kind of talk about in the 2012 uh, Navneet Panda patent yeah. uh, mm -hmm. uh, that, that creates a quality score. So that's how I'm thinking about that, how that works in the back end. Of course, mm -hmm. I have no idea for sure. But they lose, uh, they lose massive points for not sharing the correlation coefficients and giving critical values. So we, we can't test their math. We can't try to reproduce their math. We can't see if their idea of meeting the standard sharing the is the same as ours. Giving critical values. So we, we can't yeah. test their Getting math. Getting an echo there somewhere. Reproduce their math. Clint, I think, uh, uh, do you have to mute the playback? Yeah. I already muted mine. Ha <laughs> ha. So, Which I usually forget, so it's amazing I remembered this time. Well, that's what happens when I hear Ted talk sometimes, because he goes nerd mode, and then I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah, yeah, it, Mueller, Mueller, yeah, Mueller, 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 are you there? Yeah, no, uh, I, no, we love Ted, and I love his monotone droning voice. It lulls me into the sweet sleep of SEO goodness. So, well, that's what's new in White Hat SEO. Some interesting stuff going on. So um, I have other tests, of course. If you have any questions about any of that, email me, joshpashinsky at gmail.com. Clint or Ted, do you want to mention anything that's new in your neck of the woods, if, if there's anything? Uh, from my end, it's not really all that much. Just kind of playing with some new ideas for negative SEO, bouncing off the crawl rate. I'm not going to say much more than that because it's kind of a really shitty thing to do to somebody. Yeah. But, you know, just kind of looking at that and seeing how we can defend against it. So you kind of really got to know how to do it so you know how to defend against it. And we're looking at um, yep. messing with that and seeing how that works out for us. But other yeah, than that, I'm just kind of going with the role, building links and signing clients. So There you go. Well, he's, yeah. and he's rolling with fat stacks of cash. <laughs> you know, didn't seem to get uh, the flu from this Vegas conference. Were you were you a good boy in Vegas? No, I'm used to traveling, so I pre-planned and you know emergency, a lot of vitamin C before you go, and you know you're going to deal with a bunch of sick people. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You were in the Marines. You planned ahead. You had your 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 plan. Your set forth, and you conquered. Okay, so with that in mind, thanks very much, guys. I'd like to move on to talk, start to asking Matt some questions. So Matt. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, of course, very unfortunate, uh, very sad. Uh, Eric Ward, unfortunately, did pass away. He has been a uh, um, he has been doing linking and SEO long before, even before me, before you know Google even existed, before it, Google was even a twinkle in Matt Cutt's eye, you know, before Google was a twinkle in Larry Page and and uh, and uh, Sergey's eye. Uh, uh, he's been doing linking, and uh, and you were working with closely with with Eric, and you were starting an agency with them, and. Moving on with that, could you just explain to us a little bit about uh, how you started, how you met Eric, and how you started working with him? Yeah, I uh, well, I first got into SEO about the same time Eric did, uh, but I started on the black hat side of things. I didn't have, I didn't have the uh, mindset that Eric had. Eric started, he was Eric is a brilliant man. He started with business development in mind, 
I started with uh, Hocus Pocus, Black Hat, let's see what we could do by getting this 4,000 PBN site set up with all .infos. Let's see what we could do about jamming PLR at it with uh, GSA or whatever else we use. I think Article Marketing Robot. And uh, <laughs> we put the PLR in, put the client's direct anchor text in, send it out, and three days later, we'd be ranking number one for tax attorney across the entire country. And then it was, I didn't understand any, somebody went like Eric. It was like, uh, I knew he existed. It just seemed like it was, at the time I thought he was disingenuous because I said, why is he just talking about white hat? Because it was just white hat that gets the bigger contracts, that gets the corporate, that gets the Kellogg's he worked with, the Disney's, of course he's saying white hat. that was what my mindset was. And to make a long story short, Penguin just thumped me hard. We were rocking the warrior form. We had great rankings. We had more number one rankings than all the other vendors that were selling backlinks and SEO at the vendor. We had more page, we had more reviews than they did combined. I think probably 10 to one. And so was I you, was just- You're the one who yeah. made make Penguin. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was, I figured out doing Google a favor. I was finding out if PLR ranked sites, they had a problem with their algorithm. Who was I to sit? And and I'm still waiting for them to send me a check, but they never did. A long story short, when Penguin hit, 5,000 sites went down. Clients who loved me, who thought I was almost a deity to them, they treated me so wonderful. They just thought I was the best guy in the world. Uh, it was like the NFL kicker who kicks the winning field goal. Everybody loves him. But as soon as he misses, I saw why Black Hat had had been a, uh, I, I, knew, I understood Eric a lot better. And so I got it, I bought his book, wonderful book. It's still the best link building book ever written. It says, him and Garrett French, they did a wonderful job with it. I ordered it, I read it. I didn't really understand it the first time through because it wasn't, it wasn't coming after, it wasn't coming from the approach, let's fool Google. And there's lots of different ways to fool Google. Here's the way everybody else is fooling Google. Here's how I'm trying to fool Google. Here's how this guy's trying to fool Google. And this is what you should do. It wasn't that at all. But that's what my mindset was. And to make, and eventually I just got to the point where I listened to him more and more and more and more. I've watched his videos uh, a million times and I just fell in love with the guy. Uh, He was so genuine. He was so caring. His brain was wasn't about fooling anybody it was about providing uh providing um something that that has substance to it that would build a relationship either with the person getting the link or receiving the link his mindset was a lot stronger than mine it took a long time for me to get to that mindset yeah um and so you were telling me a little bit before the show that you guys actually hired eric to help you out with this this penguin scenario and you guys started working together after this yeah, well, what happened was, uh, well, I wanted to, to I hired Eric uh, mainly because I wanted to get a link from him, and I know that's horrible. <laughs> uh, it, took six months, it took six months to get the link, too, and, uh, and that's $400, $500 a month, but Eric was great. But what I'd do is I'd give him a client, and I'd say, look at this, please. What can we do? And he'd give me like 17 different things and record it for me. I'd go through, implement 10 of them. Sales would double within three months. The clients thought I was wonderful. So the more business I brought Eric is that one by one, as he 
would sh I'd show him a new campaign and he would give me different angles for it. It just totally erased what my mindset was about ranking sites. And then, uh, you know, and eventually it just wore off on me. And I love him for it. He changed my life forever as far as business goes because uh, I would still be trying to figure out that, that algorithm had it not been for Eric. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I mean, he's changed a lot of people's lives when it comes to SEO yeah. and other things, I'm sure, other matters. Um, uh, so, uh, so recently I noticed, I, I was quite sad to hear his passing, and I thought, okay, well, that's the end of the Link Moses uh, private email group. Mm -hmm. And then I got an email from it, and I'm like, okay, this must have been auto-sent or something. And then it had your name on it. I'm like, okay, wait a minute, so who's this? Who's Matt McClear and why is he taking over for Eric? So can you explain a little bit how, how that came about? Oh, yeah. Uh, last summer, Eric and I started doing a lot more work together. I helped him with his site. I did a lot of work on his site. He would bring his, believe it or not, Eric would bring me his clients and we would look at it because once he got me to his mind, his mode of thinking, I was able then to expand upon it, take it to a, a different level than what he had. It So it was like we were on the same wavelength. It was very easy for, for me to build upon what he taught me and then look at a client and see it from a different angle. So he brought more and more clients to us. Uh, we were to the point where uh, he, last this summer he got behind on uh, on his writing, I like Moses Private, as those subscribers know. And I said, Eric, I'm going to start writing this for you because you're falling behind a little bit. He goes, No, I don't want you to do that. I, it's never been ghostwritten. I can't allow you to do that. So then I wrote it for him anyway, and he did use it. And uh, then he was going to, and it just got to a point where uh, after he passed, I reached out to Melissa and, and I said, Well, we got to figure out what we're going to do with Link Moses Private. I think it can still raise money for your family. Eric built that list that feeds you and Noah and Abram and Sophie Bell. And there's no reason why it still can't do that. So that's, if she was for it, uh, we, uh, she knew that Eric trusted me. Eric, you're quite close. And she said, uh, all right, let's do it. And so that's how uh, my man got on the Link Moses Private. That's fantastic. Thanks. I just want to mention that I think there's something wrong with your microphone or if I don't know uh -oh. if it's under your collar or something, just make sure that we can hear you. But uh, we can we can mostly hear you. We can mostly make it out. So you okay. talked about uh, uh, Eric's philosophy okay. of linking. Can you explain to us a little bit uh, s slower? And <laughs> uh, what what is Eric's philosophy of linking? What what are those? What 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 terms does that does that come in? All right, let me take a deep breath. I'm nervous. I'm on the Josh Mashinsky show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to Josh. All my 12,000 subscribers. <laughs> I, I'm settled. Yeah, well, Eric, was about, Eric was about business development. His idea was a link should help uh, your website out and your business, not just. And would you build that link if Google wasn't in existence or if Google wasn't around or Bing or any of the search engines? You would be forced to go out and find sources of your traffic and find websites that had that traffic and webmasters and business owners that had a relationship with that traffic on their own sites, someone who has clout with that traffic, and then you would work in a way that would facilitate you building a relationship with that owner of that traffic so that you could route some of that traffic over your site. And that's what you would have to do if Google wasn't around. And that's the type of links he built. And those are the type of links that, fortunately, that they drive referral traffic, 
they drive uh, sometimes sometimes they're considered not even uh, a link if you get a link from the right traffic store it becomes across more as an endorsement so a lot of the links eric built were endorsements from other companies that just had a good relationship with his client or with him and so the links would come in from that relationship so i say that word a lot but to eric link building was just relationship building and he the reason he had such a following at, uh with his link newsletter and with his uh and in his, and in his career and his speaking career and his writing career it's simple he was a likable person and he built relationships and that's the type of links he built he was he what he was on the outside and what we all see that's what eric was on the inside he just had that mindset of i could build a relationship with this person it's going to be genuine it's going to be something that not only helps me out but will help him out so he was about win-win situation that's that's what i take from it at least yeah i always appreciate that um yeah I, yeah one of the best tips i got from eric ward uh one time when i was talking with him and i know he's he's mentioned this publicly is um putting the date in the title tag he tested raised uh his his traffic by five percent so instead of just you know buy red apples you know we're the best you know uh get get top red apples here to, for 2017 or 2017's top red apples Putting mm -hmm. that that date recommendation in the title really increased. Uh, uh, at least he tested. He said around five percent for him. For me, it seemed to make an increase as well in terms of rankings and traffic. So he, he was he was he was a, a man for all seasons uh, for SEO for all seasons. Oh yeah, just just brilliant man, just a brilliant man through and through. I almost I used to kid him. I said you're that goofy guy with a moppy head and a red shirt, and you're a savant. And he was. He's just brilliant and just just. I, I get sad sometimes and I still have them on my Skype and I look at it and I read through some of the conversations and it's, I still catch myself Skyping them from time to time. I, I think, I think the industry really mourns uh, what happened to Eric and, and it's just a tragedy and it's just hard to believe he's not with us anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, I agree. I agree. Sucks. Um, I, I want to go back to something that you mentioned a little bit earlier. So, so, I mean, this is so, I mean, this is, I could call it classic white hat link building. I could call it Eric Ward link building because he's essentially the guy who pioneered it. Classic mm -hmm. white hat building of building relationships uh, is, is, is the, the, the Eric Ward way of doing it, quite frankly. You, you could make that argument. But what would you say or what would you think Eric would say to the counter argument, argument that, but yeah, that takes so much time. I have to call a company right. up. I have to make a relationship. We have to explain how, you know, we have to make a relationship and relationship building in that sense takes a lot of time. You only get one mm -hmm. link a week, maybe if that, um, you know, what, what would you say to our counter arguments like that? Well, that's a good argument. And it's something him and I used to slap each other. And we used to play, we, we'd, we'd have stupid little games. Who can make the best paper football? Then we would videotape how far we could kick it. And we'd always say, your, my football could go farther than your football. But we'd go back and forth and about this relationship building. And then I read something and he forgot he had said it. But he had a, he mentioned on one of his videos he had eighty or ninety percent close rate on his yeah. acceptance rate on his link request yeah, because he did, he, did he did two things one he he was very selective about the client very selective the uh, three things very selective about the content of the client and very selective about the link prospects he reached out to so if you if some if what I have found most agencies white hat agencies especially and if you own an agency and you're a white hat guy you know what i'm about to tell you is true 
90% of our effort is put into link detective work, finding the right links, find links, sleuthing, going through HREFs, looking at competitor links, looking at broken links, looking at content uh, opportunities wherever we can find them. And then we have like, maybe, okay, 75% of our effort there, 80%, and the rest of the effort is finding the contact information, finding the proper contact information. Then you got 10% left for relationship building. And what is a relationship building? It's sharing somebody content on Twitter, maybe Facebook Live, maybe a blog comment. There's not a lot of pre-reciprocation going, going forth in that 10%, 20% you have less. So what Eric and I, our idea for the, for the agency was, let's just limit ourselves to 20 prospects a month for each client. Those 20 prospects are going to be golden prospects. When I say golden, they're, they're the type of people, if they link to you, it'll come across as an endorsement. And if they endorse you, it's going to be the type of uh, link and endorsement that's going to be business changing. So it could be an attorney, a personal injury attorney, getting a link from an MRI, comp uh, MRI company. It could be, it could right. be any from a pie company getting a link from a relationship from a pie filling company, uh, a dental floss, a dentist and a dental floss provider. The idea is, there, that's a horrible example, but the whole, the, the, the point, there's a lot of prospects. There's, there's, there's people that already have a great relationship with their list. And that list is the exact type of prospect, uh, traffic that I want to get to my site. I'm not going to go and try to build links with all those people and try to get them to me. I'm going to go to the, the big kahuna and I'm going to do my best to build a relationship with him. Prove to myself that, prove to him that I am a worthy referral partner. As soon as I prove to him that I'm a worthy referral partner by doing three or four really nice things for him and, and doing what he needs done, then it's time for me to ask. And normally, I found that I don't even have to ask for the link because I've, I've reciprocated, I've showed myself, I got them mentioned in a newsletter, I get them mentioned on, say, maybe a second newsletter. If he has a book, I read the book, I leave a review for the book, then I go and I find, the, uh, I find out a newsletter list that has that end user who'd be interested in the book, and a lot of the times I'll get them in that newsletter. And then I'll go back to that main prospect. Hey, I got you in this newsletter. I loved, I loved what you did. I wanted to do something for you. I wanted to prove to my, prove to you that I'm a good referral partner. And that's that. I don't still. I don't ask for anything. And usually, the guy at this point will say, "Yeah, I want this. What can I do for you?" Well, now that you mentioned it, I'm on a link over this picture. And is that black? I don't know. Yeah, but it, but when you lead with the link. The prospect starts viewing the link as, as being really valuable, and they don't want to give it up. But and then if you're dealing with the owner of a company rather than the editor, and I don't mean to diss any editors or the writers, the writers and the editors they could care less, or the webmaster even could care less if that business they're representing builds a referral relationship with your client. They could care less. But the people who do care is the owner, is your client and the owner of, of that company that you want to build a relationship. Right. If you could get, if you could go after them and facilitate a relationship based on referrals, that link will be viewed as a referral and they'll be happy to give it to you. Cause once you get them in a newsletter, it could cost you $300, it costs you $400. You could get them in for free maybe if you could do a favor for the newsletter. Yeah. Uh, what, what happens is it eventually pays off and, and, and they're like, well, what do I have to do for you? Do I have to give you my customer list? Well, no, it starts with the link and then, 
you work from that link and next month you get a second link, third month you get in their newsletter. I'll give you a perfect example. The first link I got from Eric was a, a testimonial, was a Twitter link. Uh, he, uh, he, put, he shared one of my Twitter link, uh, embedded one of my tweets uh, on his page and he goes, did you see your Twitter link? And I was like, well, I got thanks. Uh, Twitter, Twitter link's great, I appreciate it. I didn't ask him for it. Three days later, he gave me a second link. Five days later, he gave me seven or eight different links. Then I was in his newsletter a couple of times. Then I, I have a site-wide link he gave me. And it just got to the point where 80% uh, of our referrals started coming in from Eric Ward just because I took the time to not get a link from him, but to build that relationship with him. Right. And that's, that's, what I, that's the type of relationship that are available to, to, to anyone that has a website, anyone that has gumption to go out and, and do this type of work. It's there. And did, to, um, did Eric care at all about what the page rank of the, 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 the referral he was trying to get or the, the, the location on the page or like yeah. a resources link or like, uh, like an well, index page? Like, did he care about any of that? He had to because a lot of the times people would hire him for consultations and they're not asking what referral relationships can I build up? They have a link problem that they had to have solved. Which links, which of these links do you like best? Which of these should I disavow or that type of thing? Eric did get into the metrics with them because that's what they paid him for. And then he would try to work them over to the relationship building. He always gave his clients what they asked for, but he also gave them what they needed. If that makes sense. So he cared about metrics only when the clients cared about the metrics. I see. Yeah. And that, that makes a lot of sense. Of course, I do a lot of white hat consulting as well. I do audits. I do white hat consulting, link audits. I mean, we all do. We all do the same kind of thing. Right. And um, you're right. When the client says, it's, it's a different conversation when the client's like, help, or and that, it, with exclamation marks, and that's all they say. Or they're like, right. well, we want to make sure our page authority is the same as our domain authority, and we want to make sure our trust flow is blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's, it's both good and bad, and there's a different kind of conversation that you need to have with them there for, 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 sure, for sure at that point. Yeah, usually it's next. <laughs> and uh, because the re building relationships is a lot easier than building links. That's the good news. And the relationships are worth a lot more than links. Yeah, those re like Eric said, the relationships will, will, will evidence themselves from the links. But that, the, that first link is just the beginning of a relationship. It's like the right. first dance, the first, the first date. And if, you could, if that could just constantly be put into motion where that relationship, the, the agency just continues to build that relationship up with the prospect, good things happen. So for example, if you're like, say, say you're a real estate agent and you want to, you want to SEO your real estate agent site, you should be building relationships with the local city, with uh, local community, uh, uh, community colleges, community areas, Better Business Bureau, other realtors, other, other uh, brokerages. And those, yeah, are the kinds of, those are the kind of relationships you'd be going after? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Real estate's a tough one. I don't really handle real estate, so I don't really I have a hard time considering that. Uh, oh, picking that in the industry. I just picked that out of a yeah. hat. Let's say a trucking industry. Let's say a truck. Uh, I know a, a, I looked at a site. A truck sells uh, ECM tuning for the engine control modules and semis. Uh, yeah. they, are they were having a hard time finding links. 
And what I did was they were looking at the merit of their content. The problem with earning links from the merit of your content is most people do not care if your content is meritous or it's not. They have their agenda. Their, and I'm not saying that you should create content isn't important, but it should be a given. And too many link campaigns are spent trying to convince somebody of the merit of your content when that prospect doesn't even care about the merit. So an example would be that trucking company. I went, it was, I spent an hour and consulting with, with, with the company. And I was able to find 300 trucking apps that, that truckers use all the time. And they each had websites, to, you know, to find the restrooms, to find the, the, the restaurants, to find clean restrooms, to find hotels or trucking stops. But they all have a lot of these apps they use. And they all have websites, each one of these apps. So what's stopping them from contacting each of those apps, the owners of the apps, start with the biggest one first, say, listen, I want to do a referral relationship with you. We do four, we have 50,000 people on our email list. I want to send an email out to, about your company and talk about what it is you do in your app. I'm going to start recommending your app to our clients. I'm going to start recommending your app and our invoices we send out to our clients and our paperwork we send out or whatever it is. It's to show that we're going to build a referral partnership with you. And then what they do is in exchange, they get a link from that site. And now you got a link from a site, you got a link from a site that's really going to help you because only truckers are using that app. And there's a million different angles to go after when you view SEO that way, because there's a lot of relationships that can be built. Well, sorry, Ted, I just want to make one comment. Then, then please, by all means, jump in. And of course, we've been testing, we always test the technical aspect of SEO and what's really working. And we're finding that clicks through backlinks seems to be a very strong signal, either because it's traffic, and we already mentioned traffic as a signal, or it might be uh, making sure that that link is, looks like a real link to Google. So these are all really high quality, good links you're getting. Oh yeah, and, and you would build them even if, like Eric would always say, you'd build them even if Google didn't exist, you would still exactly. do it. Give uh, sorry, you sorry, Ted. Sorry, Ted. Go ahead. So uh, you know, while while you're on the show, I thought it would be good to to ask some questions that could maybe uh, help uh, SEOs in general. And since it was brought up, you know, these niche businesses, and since there's such fervor behind content marketing as an SEO strategy. Uh, I, I find that it's kind of challenging for a lot of SEOs. Say, for example, if you're doing local SEO for dentists, every local dentist can't have a lifestyle blog for tooth whitening, and they can't all do it, and it doesn't all work. And so there are very realistic limits to right. content marketing. So what, what do you recommend for those niche-specific industries that can't be content publishers? Yeah, it, well, that's a, good, that's a good question. I'll give a perfect example. It comes from Eric Ward. I was just listening to an interview that him and I did uh, before I came here. On the, uh, the first time I listened to it since he passed. And Eric's suggestion was for a dentist, believe it or not. And it was, uh, you don't put, you want to put a piece of content, an infographic that teaches you how to, people how to, lost your teeth or I mean you're not going to market that his idea was you go and you buy 500 bucks worth of dental floss you put a campaign together on Facebook that talks about the floss toss and come by and you don't even have to get out of the car we're going to just toss the roll the window down we'll have somebody out there toss the floss. <laughs> street dealt dental floss <laughs> Yeah. 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 Crazy. They're dealing dental floss, man. They're getting flossed up. 
So that was that was Eric's idea. And then how would you get links from that? I, he never really got real specific on that. Uh, just goodwill. And to me, that's just a PR campaign. Eric, when Eric would talk to you about a campaign, he just as easily talk to you about PR campaign or business development as, as link building. But uh, a niche specific, I'll give you another niche specific. Let's say uh, had a client who does uh, trade show displays. Trade show displays are usually quite sites are quite hard to get links to. At least they are for us. And if they they just it's one it's like getting a link to an SEL site. It's just it's hard. And then what happened was uh, we found a bunch of corporate magicians that are in the same industry. They're already going to the same trade shows. They're probably they're hired by people who buy trade buy displays. So it's the perfect niche to go after. Build referral relationships up with the corporate magician. Say, hey, I have twenty. This client has like twenty thousand names on his email list. I'll I'll offer I'll I'll, I'll start recommending you on, on the emails or on my site. I want to build a referral relationship up with you. And at that point, you're not in exchange for a link. You're not doing that, and not because I think it would make a black hat. Because I could care less about that. I care about whether or not that client's going to, if you mention the link in the first email, you usually don't get it. You have to lead into it. They'll talk about the, they, they don't understand it. They get confused and they're gone. But if you talk about referrals, I'm going to put you in my newsletter. Uh, they understand that. Business owners understand that with no problem at all. Then you work into the link. So I think that if you look down and any niche, there's a lot of periphery uh, industries around it that, that you could focus on all day long and, and and never run out of ideas. That's fascinating. I, I like that a lot. Thanks very much, uh, Matt, for talking to us about that. I'd like to move on now. And uh, uh, I, I, before I move on, though, I just want to say that again. You know, Eric will definitely be missed. Uh, there will be no other Link Moses. He was the Link Moses for sure. I was wondering, uh, you know, if if the the rumors that Google was going to give up on links and move to some other signal and. And but Eric was just like, no, links are still going to be there forever. And so it was, he was a interesting, very interesting guy. And, and I'm glad that you're you're keeping on his legacy. And that's fantastic. Thank you very much. Now that's let's move on to the question and answer portion of the show, and we'll end the show with the questions and answers. And again, everyone on the panel is is welcome to to answer any any way that you see fit. If you want to give an answer for these questions, and the first one is from Estridum, I think is how you pronounce that. And it's an interesting question, and this person asks. He says that other SEO experts in a recent webinar said the recent SEM rush ranking factors are complete crap. Do you agree? They didn't indicate the exact factors, but they all agreed it was crap. We talked about that a bit. What do you guys think? I have an opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty vocal uh, about it being suspect. And I, that's why I wish they'd give the correlation coefficients and the critical values so that I can see if we hold the same standards in terms of sampling and, and what is or is not a, a significant correlation. And the other thing is, is when you take 10,000 searches or a million searches mm -hmm. and you average them all together, you're not really getting information that'll help you rank better for your search terms. The only measurements that help you rank better for the term you're targeting are the measurements for that term. So when you find out that the average page on the web has 1,300 words, that's probably 
way too much or nowhere near enough, but for your term, it is very unlikely that that is the right answer to be yeah. competitive. Which is why Ted wrote a software called Cora, where you can do correlation research on your specific niche. You can type in tamper, tampa movers, and you can find out what the correlation factors are for tampa movers. Uh, for those, anyone who's been watching us for a while knows that Ted has written this software and probably has it and knows it's fantastic. So if you want more information about that, contact me or anyone on the panel here. I would like the uh, SEM rush and all the other studies, the search metric studies, and mm -hmm. you know, I, I'd like those a lot better if they'd also confine it to a niche. If they are like, we took all the best, you know, dentistry keywords, and here's the list. We're submitting the list with the study, so you right. can check our results and. You know, if, if they get niche with it and if they'd be transparent with it, I'd like it a lot more. Yeah. Uh, my opinion on this, and then I'll move on, is that, of course, the other SEO experts said it was crap because it had nothing to do with them and probably didn't help them sell SEO packages. That's, <laughs> that's probably why they said it was crap, right? I mean, so on the one end, we're kind of critiquing the, the study that they didn't share enough. It's not scientific. They didn't share enough information for it to be scientific. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that it's totally garbage, right? So it's down here at SEO opinions. But that's, that's, that's better than it's not as good as single variable experiments or correlation, uh, niche-specific correlation studies. Uh, it's, it's not even as good as in-the-field observations or what Google says. But it's not nothing, <laughs> right? It is some evidence that someone did some study. And if they could share their evidence, then maybe we could confirm it. And we could maybe we could, heaven forbid, run the experiments again ourselves to see if that's what we come up with too. But I just find it interesting that everything they came up with is what I've been finding in my experiments. I also know that SEMrush has been on my show plenty of times and listens to what I say, so I don't know, maybe I had some, maybe I guided them there, maybe they're just saying what I want to hear, I'm not really sure, but. So, okay. So I, we need more, we need more science. As Ted says, we need to get niche with it. That's, that's the new thing. No, 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 get niche with it. Sorry, I'm not going to rap for you. Um, uh, someone says, hey, I'm George, which is more important, URL or title? Thanks. I guess you mean keyword in URL title? I think the keyword in the page name is probably the most important, more yeah, important than title. That's what the testing of SIA seems to find out, that uh, keyword in the title is probably the most important factor. But if you don't have the keyword, uh, keyword in the page name, rather, but if you don't have the keyword in the page name, you probably should have it in the title. If you don't have it in the title, it's probably not going to be good for click-through rate, never mind rankings. If you don't have it in your URL, probably leave it alone and do a better job next time. Changing your URLs is usually a mistake. I agree, especially if it's already ranking. If it's already ranking, you will destroy your rankings by changing the URL for sure. Great. All right, Xander asks us, do you guys think hot linking porn image scrapers? Whoa, whoa, this, this, this has gone off the, the rails here. Xander asks, do you guys think hot linking porn image scraper sites with keyword stuffed alt text could be causing a penguin penalty? I have several handmade blogs with a surge of low quality links since summer. Um, my answer, what do you guys think about that? Well, it must be one of my clients if it's porn. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, call Penguin doesn't give any more penalty, <laughs> so it can't be Penguin necessarily, but that's not the question. I guess the question is, do you think Google is going to have an algorithmic demotion 
for having hot linking porn image scraper sites with keyword stuffed alt text? I, you know, Google's been on the record for saying that adult websites are are not necessarily bad links. It's mm -hmm. probably off topic, and I guess that the risk would somehow be that your website would be associated for something it's not about, and I think that's fairly unlikely. Um, you know, has has it ever happened? Probably it's it's happened, but you know, like your data shows, you know, most of the time any SEO is is good SEO, and those bad backlink scenarios tend to go the wrong way. Um, so you know, I I wouldn't worry about it. Maybe disavow them if you're really nervous about it, or just leave it alone and wait and see. Yeah, he says in the next comment that he did try disavowing with no success, and so this is exactly what I found in in private well, testing. Well, what do you mean by no success? Are, are do you have a manual action? Um, and if not, then maybe there isn't a problem. You know, maybe maybe you have tougher competition, and that's why your ranking slipped, and you need to compete uh, more fiercely on your factors because right. you're increasing competition. Uh, Matt, do you have a particular opinion about this? No, you guys are pretty smart. I'm telling you, I, when I was Black Hat, it was all PBNs and that kind of stuff. And I'm listening to you guys, and I'm like, I'm glad I'm not in Black Hat anymore. You guys are smart. I'll let you guys answer this one. I mean, you guys. Well, I am. Like, I am the white hat SEO. I assure you, sir. It's it's, yeah, it's my yeah. it's my friends over over this way or whichever way on the screen they're going to appear that might be not Ted. Ted's gray hat. He tells me, but. But Clint could be our black hat co-host, our resident black hat. I don't know. You know, yeah. just the way he described that, because he added the disavow and he did that and didn't have any success. I think it's a quality issue on the page versus backlinks. Uh huh. Uh, and then just thinking about you know the way he explained the situation it doesn't make any sense to me why that would hurt his site in any way. Unless uh, it's 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 got porn specific alt text. Well, if a non-porn site. You know why would you be hot linking porn image sites? You know, hot linking is taking an image off of yours, and I'm I'm showing your image on my website using using your, your server is basically what he's what he's talking about. And if I change the alt text on it and put it on someone else's site, I'm still I'm essentially backlinking to your site. So if I change the alt text to Ted's name it doesn't mean I'm going to knock Ted's name down on the website for that. So that's the first thing I have issues with. And then second, mm -hmm. he's trying. So that means that probably means he does have an adult site, and those scraper sites are taking the images off of his adult site mm -hmm. and it's fucking with his anchor text ratios. Maybe, but he said he tried to disavow it. So to me, I, I, if disavow did do nothing, because I've had this issue before. Then it's it's definitely an on-page issue, in my opinion. I would agree. I mean, uh, just so Matt knows, when we did that test, it was a hundred percent exact match anchor text. That fictitious keyword on my negative SEO test, two H Y, whatever it was, one hundred percent anchor oh, yeah, text yeah. had that that keyword in there. So you know, people say you you can't have too rich anchor anchor uh, anchor uh, exact match anchor text. A hundred percent of these GSA crap links had that in there, so that's exactly what we were testing, and we pegged it at number one, and we can't stop it from being number one now. Yeah, and people have heard about my experiment with ranking a site to the top of uh, page one in Google using a hundred percent exact match footer anchors site wide, and so that that worked too. Yeah.
So we're not necessarily saying you should try this in the field, but we're saying that in our testing, we can't make anything bad come out of this. So we don't know. Now, I am, it could be like a semantic issue. If you would start linking all kind of porn keywords to a non-porn site, we have seen, I have seen issues with that before in the past. So maybe there's something there. But my, my keyword is 2HJX49287. Google has no idea what that is. And for, for now, Hummingbird probably thinks it has something to do with porn and Herbal Viagra and stuff, because that's what all oh. the link content was. Oh. I, I yeah. recommend that this person get uh, Clint's service to get a Quora report run for the keyword and just find out where his, his factor measurements are off. There yeah. you go. That'll yeah, either, probably tell them more than anything. Yeah, yeah. I should do an audit, or Clint should do a core report, or both. You should do both because that's that's essentially what you need. Uh, Shileup asks, should I buy an old domain for PBNs? Does that even still work? It does, but it depends on how you set it up. If you're lazy and you don't want to build a real website out of that old domain, then don't bother with it. Just find someone who's who's building those kind of networks now because the you know the manual team is just getting good. And there's a lot of people whose idea of SEO is to go complain about your website and the Google Webmaster Tools, and they're going to review your link. So, um, yeah, I, you, you know, you can still do it. You can still do it very well, but you just have to put the work in it and make these sites, you know, real. And my philosophy on PBNs is if the website's not paying for itself, then it's not a PBN because it's worthless to me. So, um, that's right. It's a lot of work and a lot of time, and you always run the risk that maybe the reason why they sold that domain or, or is because it had a penalty to begin with. Yeah, you know, and they still work. I know they still work because we're doing rehab. We have a rehab client now. We have two, one, one main website and 900 mini sites, and they're all pushing uh, very well. So, but again, it's 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 effort. And <laughs> uh, actually, that's going to be uh, useful to you. It's going to be, I honestly just listening to um, uh, Matt. Yeah, listening to Matt. The amount of work that it made it sound like for him to get a legitimate white hat link is probably about the same equivalent to what it takes to do a PBN. So that, that that's what had us switch over to white hat. The black hat became it became just as much work. Yeah. And eventually all our black hat tactics were gone and we had white hat. It wasn't because of I had to come to Jesus moment and I saw the light and uh, <laughs> I'm a business guy. <laughs> And I wasn't breaking the law. I wasn't doing anything unethical. I never spammed anybody's sites. I bought my own sites and spammed them, and I kept at them until it didn't work anymore. Yeah. And I probably would still be doing it right now if Penguin never hit. I'm not going to lie about that. But <laughs> Okay, we got a whole, a whole lot of questions here. Let's see if we can go through rapid fire and answer these with, with, with less than three words. What, three words or less. Hendo, uh, Hendo Five Hand asks, opinion on SEO books written on paper. What are the best SEO books written on paper? What I think he's asking is, are they still worthwhile? And I think they are because you can go back to stuff that um, uh, was written in 2003, 2009, Eric stuff in 2013. Uh, take the, um, the concept that there's new engineers at Google. They're deleting crap they don't understand that was actually – blocking things that was working in 2013 and go back there and, and test that stuff now and you'll find that a lot of it's actually working again yeah it's weird actually so could we say it this way could we say strategic seo books yes tactical seo manuals maybe not because that tactic may not work anymore well even then you just kind of like 
you know, Ted knows how I, I work. You, you tell him, you give me an idea, and then I figure out to play with it. And because I'm lazy, what is the easiest way for me to accomplish this? So um, tactic books still work, but you're just going to have to use your imagination and, and create your own version of it. Yeah, it, I think a lot of people think that uh, Google is super advanced, but, you know, the, the patterns and the data kind of indicate that it's kind of the same old Google. Yeah. Um, so I, I think a lot of the knowledge still holds true, but uh, cherry picking which knowledge holds true and which doesn't means you have to be measuring and conducting experiments, improving yeah. things for yourself. And that's really where you need to go. Mm. Gary Underhill asks an interesting question. He says, is it okay to have duplicated H1 and H2 titles on a product page and also to link back to the category page within the H2 title? Well, for Bing, no. Uh, Bing wants one H1 per page. So if you want to be doing good on multiple search engines, um, and there may be implications for some of the pay-per-click uh, platforms on doing that too. On the H2s, I, I think it's in beyond. I think it's fine probably. I, I think it's a wasted opportunity. I would go for a sub-keyword with the H2. Yeah, I the duplicate, I wouldn't do H1s just as a matter of course. I've seen too many where we fixed that, that issue and the rankings flew up. Uh, and linking back to your category page, I think that's kind of redundant. The category page is the one that's going to rank before your product pages anyway, uh, except for the exact match for that product team. So just sending that back, I don't, I don't see the purpose of that either. I wouldn't do that either. Jim Wells asks, uh, what are our thoughts on semantic mastery and their tactics and strategies? Probably the second best training collection that I've ever been involved with. And a lot of anyone who knows me knows I buy a lot of shit. So um, those guys are those guys are awesome. Those those are some smart guys. They uh, they they surprise me. I I'm usually shocked by what they have to show me. <laughs> well, there you go. They speak very, they speak very highly of them. I, I, I'm not sure it's all legal. <laughs> uh, uh, well, there could be a, there, there's the rub. It's maybe not all you. Um, okay, so yeah, so a bunch of other kind of questions there that are kind of just modifications on what we were already talking about. So that's been about an hour, guys. Thanks very much for listening. This has been the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. I would like to thank, as always, our co-host, Clint Butler, our special guest, uh, Ted Kabaitis, and Matt LeClear, our special guest for today. Thanks for joining. Guys, do you have any final comments you'd like to mention on the show? Thank you. See you next time. Yeah, I think yeah. Love being on the show, Josh. I watched all your episodes. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm glad to be on it now. My kids can, I can feel proud uh, to be on your show. My kids will like me again. And they were, so. Um, I hate to break it to you, Matt, but I don't think I have that much cred with the youth of today. <laughs> yeah. Gray hairs. Uh, it's our industry. No one likes SEO except the SEO guys. Right. This is true. Someone should make a film about it, a documentary. Yeah. Maybe I did. Maybe it's coming out soon. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what's happening with that? All right. Well, thanks a lot, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the White Hat versus Black at SEO show. If you have any further SEO questions, by all means, contact anyone on the panel you choose. If you want to contact me for SEO audits and SEO consulting, my name is Josh Bashinsky at gmail.com. You can follow me at Twitter at Josh Bashinsky, and you can find more SEO experiments, SEO tips, tricks, um, uh, secrets, all the kinds of good stuff that you want to know about SEO on this 
channel, which is youtube.com slash jbachyns, J-B-A-C-H-Y-N-S. Anybody else want to give your contact info? Yeah, seotoollab.com. I have a contact page. Uh, reach out if you want to find out what I'm doing, and, and uh, I'll be on a future show to show it off anyway. And where to get such a nice toque, as we'd say in Canada. <laughs> and Clint, you can be found at digitalear.com, correct? Digitalear.com, yep. And then also, just so I, I'm going to do this for Matt, go ahead to ericward.com and get on the mailing list for uh, uh, LinkMova's private newsletter. That'll get started again in February 2018. So just go ahead and sign up now so you're notified. Uh, support that family. Uh, the guy has supported us. Uh, in our educations, it's, uh, I think it's the least we can do as an industry stand out. Yeah. Thank You're you. You're absolutely right. Thank you, Clint, for doing that. I had that in my mind to do it, and I totally, totally forgot. Thank you very much. You're absolutely correct. So, again, thanks, guys, for paying attention. Go join the Link Moses uh, newsletter. And thanks, Matt, for, for joining us. And I hope to have you uh, anytime you want to come back on our show, let me know. All the time. I, I loved it. Fantastic. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. And folks who are watching, good luck in the SERPs. We'll see you next week.